0: To episode eight of the Hoodie Talks podcast. I'm your host, Roy, and today I have a very special guest. But before I introduce him, I want to say happy Halloween, and I hope you all enjoyed last week's episode. I want to introduce my guest, the one, the only Ryan C. Showers, the host of Scream with Ryan C. Showers. How are you doing, Ryan?
1: (laughs) Well, I'm good. I was like, whenever you first got on, and you're like, hi, it's Roy. I'm like, Roy, who's Roy? Because I know you (laughs) as Hoodie, you know? (laughs) I'm
0: good. How are you? I'm good. I'm loving the podcast. Like now that I'm able to, like I started my own, it's just, I want to record all the time.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm happy for you and I'm proud of you, um, for, you know, starting your own podcast and, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm still, and I'm happy that you'll still be a part of my community. Um, you know, I, I've always felt, you know, whenever you've been on my show and when you come to the community zooms and everything, I find, I find you to be such a, a comforting presence. Like, um, you're you're al- almost like my security net like my safety net uh, of, of sorts you know like I know I can always go to you uh whenever we're recording and uh you you have my back so I um I couldn't be happier for you congratulations
0: oh thank you thank you yeah I was, I'm glad you said that because most of the time when I am on your show or like in the zooms I always feel like nervous when I'm on there but <laughs> when I go back and like re-listen to your episodes I don't sound nervous if that makes sense
1: I have never thought you were nervous ever. Like, the, like I mean, there are some people that you they get on, of I'm like, okay, do I need to give you a paper bag, like you know, to to breathe into? Like, but you have always just been very calm, cool, collected. Like you're a very like cool presence, and I think that's why, like you know, you're probably a good host for a podcast because you're very grounded and um, even keeled. Like you know, uh, you don't flinch. So, oh,
0: thank you, guys. Yeah, I don't feel that way, but
1: I'm glad I, I'm glad I'm not. So I
0: am happy to have you on. Um, on today's episode, I want to talk about the Scream franchise. Of course, um, we will go over the entire Scream franchise, like going in depth into each movie, like what our favorite thing is about each movie and least favorite.
1: Cool. I mean, it's just another day with <laughs> with me <laughs> and the on the microphone. So.
0: Yeah. Well, my co-host, which his name is also Ryan, he uh, he wanted to he, whenever we were recording today. But um, he had a family emergency pop-up, so he couldn't be here for tonight's episode. But when I was typing up notes and stuff, he was like, oh, my God, like, y'all are really into Scream. Because <laughs> he's like a casual fan compared to, like, me and you. Mm-hmm. And he was like, okay, I, I might, you might have to solo this one. But then, unfortunately, something happened, so I had to solo it. <laughs> Aw,
1: well, I hope Ryan is okay. And um, I am more than happy to pick up the Scream slack. So. <laughs>
0: But he did want me want me to give his ranking. His ranking is one, two, four, five,
1: six, three. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm glad he wasn't here. Be gone, Ryan, from your own show. Uh,
0: wow, wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Whenever he told me his, his uh, ranking, I was like, "Ooh." <laughs> but I told him I was like, "It's fine," because there are people that have been on the show that have ranked Scream three last, and we we let them be okay about it.
1: Hmm. Well, uh your prerogative. I'm just teasing. Well, people can have their own rankings. It's all yeah. good. So
0: So Scream One, the opening scene, is the most iconic, I feel like, in the franchise.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, it's uh the 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 writing, the acting, the directing, you know, uh my friend Zach, he says that it's funny to think that Scream, you know, this the most amazing consistent franchise uh, in history, it, it peaked in its first scene, but it really did. The, the first scene is um, otherworldly. Like it's, um, it, you know, the what West, Wes West Craven brought to life here is so visceral and um, impactful. And Kevin Williamson was so smart in his fresh take. Like I think um, it's probably the best opening of any horror movie ever. So
0: Yeah, and it, it shaped the entire franchise and other movies similar to it just based off the first movie.
1: Yeah, based off of the first scene, right? Yep.
0: Yeah, and then like how Scream the nineteen ninety six, like shaped horror. Right after that, like it like set a standard. After that,
1: it set a standard. It re- recalibrated. It gave all the slashers that followed it a template to work off of, um, and uh, you know a formula to use. So
0: yeah, because then you got I know what you did last summer. The faculty, everything that was like similar to it. So like the killers. Yeah. How do you feel about the killers in their first screen?
1: So. I actually was thinking about them this morning. Um, (laughs) I was like, you know, Billy and Stu, they were the best duo of killers. Like in terms of like um, working as a team, I feel like Uh, the other killers, Mrs. Loomis and Mickey. I think they're each great on their own, but not together. Whereas Billy and Stu, I think are really strong as, as a, as a unit. And like, I don't really, you know, Jill is the mastermind of Scream 4. Charlie's just eh. And I'm not a huge fan of the Scream 5 and especially not the Scream 6 killers. So Billy and Stu, I think are by far the most cohesive unit as Ghostface killers. So um, yeah, I love them.
0: Yeah. Like you said, they, it's like, you know, they did everything together and like the other killers is like one did one thing. One did the other. They were like the only two killers that actually worked together.
1: Yeah. And um, you know, people have this uh, theory about that. They were romantically involved. And I, to be honest, I, I, I'm a gay guy. I <laughs> watched scream for, 20 you know 20 years and i never thought I, I never got the subtext until i started the podcast and was like oh wow so there's this whole other theory about them um the chemistry is real but billy loomis i think is the scariest killer of everybody um stew i think he's all he's very he's probably like the most unique killer in terms of like his motive isn't really so carved out and he's just especially goofy and creative um in terms of the way matthew lillard plays him so yeah i love billy and stew
0: yeah, Billy was the scariest cuz like his motive was was pretty much revenge for his uh mom in a way. And like Stu was just more of the tag along and stuff like that. But like to go back to what you were saying about the romantic part of that, I didn't see it because like I to me there was just two friends that were like on each other. Like I didn't see it as like a romantic type thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, and I love the way that Billy I, I, Billy is totally calling all of the shots um in this in this relationship like this is his his gripe and I think he kind of pulls Stu into it and like you know in the early days of my podcast I used to say this all the time and I, I need to say this more on the show you know Scream 1 is scary because um if you break it down it's really these two like loser guys killing their girlfriends like that is what Scream 1 is about and I think that's something that we we kind of get a nerd to because there's so much backstory with Sydney's mother and everything, but they go after Casey because she dumped Stu for a hotter football player, right? And mm-hmm. then they go after Tatum, who is Sue's girlfriend, and they go after Sydney, who's Billy's girlfriend. Like they are there's almost like this, you know, on a surface level, if if you didn't know the who the characters are and their personalities, you would just see this as two, you know, loser guys going after their girlfriends
0: yeah that's what I, like you said that's what makes it scary because n- none of the other killers after this are scary like that because they're you have the scream 5 killers who are just stab fanatics and then scream 2 you i mean when we get to scream 2 well you had the mom wanting revenge scream 3 is roman but he pre- in a way roman started it all but after like scream 6 i don't even want to talk about them
1: <laughs> <laughs> well um, and I can't and kind of just to give Roman a little shout out here, too. I love that um, Scream 3 loops around to Scream 1 to give us more context about Billy and Stu and kind of the origins of um, the origins of the of the slasher of it all.
0: Yeah, because he didn't start the whole Ghostface thing, but he did push. He gave Billy pointers and stuff to help because he videoed his mom or his dad cheating with Maureen.
1: Yeah, I mean, he I think what Roman did was he planted the seeds and then Billy Billy took it and ran with it. So, yeah. um, Yeah.
0: And then like the finale of Scream, which is iconic as well, because, I mean, you have a lot of people that come on a podcast and they pick Scream 1 as their favorite
1: finale. Which, okay, like, can I just I'll just say this. All right. I don't get it. I mean, I love the Scream 1 finale. It's a good, it's a good finale. Um, It's excellent. Um, But like, I would not, it's not my favorite. Like I would actually rank it. if If we're just doing purely finales, I would probably put it in fourth place probably, but I would go three, two, five and then one. So I lo- I love it, but like I don't think it's better than what we get in other sequels. Um I think the character work on Sydney is stronger in the in the other films and like some of the, like, like for instance Scream 5, I love the chaos of it. Like I don't really see Scream 5 as a redux of the original finale. Um it's about Sam and Sydney and Gail and Tara as final girls and I love that. So I like the Scream 1 finale, but it's not my favorite part of the movie. Um my favorite part of the movie would be like the first probably like the first third of it where going through Casey Becker and like Sydney at home and um, you know, Sydney talking to Gail outside the school, like th- that's what I love about Scream one. So
0: yeah, I can agree with that. And then like, even like you're saying about the other finales, like both of our favorite finale is Scream three. Cause it is so much better than Scream one.
1: It is. And I mean, it, you know, it's uh, the, the fight is the best fight. Um, You know, the, uh, the, the full circle moment is uh, what I love about Scream 3. You know, Sydney's character arc is what I love about Scream 3. And that happens at the end. And um, we get to see, you know, uh, Sydney almost lose. And then, you know, have this moment where she shows Roman, you know, her half brother empathy and hold his hand. Like that is my favorite thing about Scream 3. Um, and then you get like the, the beautiful ending where they get to be happy. Um, you know, Galen Dewey get engaged and Sydney opens the gate. I mean, that's what I love about Scream 3 and I don't think Scream 1 has that same power. But No, it, um, it doesn't. So, not to make this about Scream 3, but you know, Scream 1, you know, it's amazing for, for 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 what it is and for setting the 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 formula for the future sequels.
0: Definitely. And speaking of sequels, Scream 2, I have to say Scream 2 was usually like last not last last on my list, but until I like got into your podcast I didn't look at it. I guess I was. I would just put it on just to watch it, but I wouldn't like sit there and actually like watch it. But now it's, like, I was like actually enjoy it because like like I was telling Ryan earlier, it was like to me it was just slow in a way.
1: If that yeah, makes sense, it does, and it's something I've gotten from a lot of people, not just you. I um you know, Scream Two, so it's really beloved by like the artsy fartsy like Brooklyn hipster type of people um you know because it's uh you know it, it tries to be snobby it tries to be highbrow it tries to be like kind of pretentious um and you know that's great about scream too it has these amazing set pieces and um it does like you know for instance like the cassandra thing that's a very high art um, but and it's very nostalgic. So like people who grew up in the nineties are obsessed with scream 2 because it is so nineties. Um, but like, you know, on the flip side, I do see your perspective too, where, you know, the middle of the movie does kind of slog. And I'm not talking about like the set pieces, like, you know, Cassandra, Randy, whatever, whatever I'm talking about, like, um, you know, Sydney and Derek under the tree. That is such a boring scene. It's, repetitive you know you have the copycat scene which that plot goes nowhere you know you have um like you know scenes that are just so repetitive like gail and dewey having another bickering kind of scene and then gail yells at debbie so like that's kind of um that's where scream 2 probably could have been tightened up a little bit um so and like scream 2 is probably one of the lighter scripts of the of the franchise um you know it's what makes Scream Two great, in my opinion, is what Wes puts into it, like what how he directs the sequences, the way he makes everything scary, um, and the character work with Sydney and Gale and Dewey. I think, and that's what makes Scream Two so great. It's not necessarily the writing. So I I, I think that your your previous um feelings about Scream Two aren't you know they're not you're not crazy for thinking oh it's just, it's kind of boring. I, I I would get that argument. So
0: yeah, and I think what maybe appreciate. Scream two more is Scream six, like, yeah. <laughs> like because you know Scream six try to like do the same thing but failed at that.
1: Oh, totally. Like you know they. So here's the thing, and like I actually I'm in the middle of making these posts every Sunday. Let's I say like what I love about Scream whatever, and then I I make a list of the things I love about it, and um I just did Scream twos and Scream two. I wrote about how immaculate the set pieces are, um, you know, in terms of just like these big 10 minute long scenes that take place in one setting. And what scream, the beauty of what scream two did was like these, mo- these scenes were integrated in, into the storyline. It's not like the movie stops and then it's like Wes said, okay, now we're having a special set piece, you know, which is what I think happened in Scream 6. I think that the team was so obsessed with recreating that magic from Scream 2 and having these amazing set pieces in New York um, rather than focusing on the storyline. You know what I mean? So we have great set pieces in Scream 6, but we have a shitty script. So um, there you go. Yeah, yeah.
0: I think if Scream 6 would have had like the storytelling that Scream 2 had, I think Scream 6 would have been one of the best sequels, but they just failed at that so, so
1: bad. I think, and we'll, we'll get to scream six when we get to it, but had they ironed out, um, Sam's character arc a bit better, um, and made a, can made it more consistent and giving Gail like double or triple the screen time and kind of really develop her in New York as this talk show host and dealing with Dewey's grief. I think you would have had an excellent, um, scream six, but, um, you don't. So there you go. <laughs>
0: yeah, and then, like the killers, I like the fact that it was Billy's mom. And then I was watching a YouTube video today, and then he was talking about Mickey and how, like Mickey is one of the creepiest killers because, like, he really had no motive to Sydney. He just did it because he wanted to do it,
1: yeah. Mickey is a very he's the most unique killer because he's the most detached from Sydney. He doesn't even necessarily have to kill Sydney. He is kind of, getting his rocks off on this idea of like being the sequel on the one hand, but also getting the, getting the the publicity and causing social upheaval because of it. He wants to, um, you know, he wants to cause a political moment, um, because of it, and so his his motive is very complex. And I think that's he is partly why Sydney goes into hiding because he's some random he's some random person in the world. It's not like Mrs. Loomis who knew her when she was younger that she knew for years. So I think that element of like unknown pushed her into hiding in Scream Three.
0: Yeah, like really traumatized her because she's like, okay, I need to go hide because if this random person could find me, manipulate into my friend group and almost kill me, then I need to hide because then that means anybody could find me. Exactly. And then that puts us to screen 3. So opening scene, screen 3's opening scene is my favorite scene because I like the quote whenever he uh, ghost faces on the phone with Cotton. He's like, "It was well, not on the phone. It's when he kills him. He's like, it was a simple game, Cotton. All you do was tell me where Sydney was, and now you lose. That I like quote that every time we watch it. <laughs>
1: And I think you even said that um, on like the first, like the episode that you and I did one on one for my show. You mentioned that 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 quote, and it's a wonderful quote, and it's like um, such a good way. I love killing Cotton off in the opening because of what he means to the storyline, his history with Maureen Prescott, his history with Sydney. It's the perfect way to start the final chapter, if that makes sense. And I think that line also encapsulates that feeling.
0: Yeah, because like and then. In- watching the movie for the first time you see him in the opening so because you know every screen movie they kill the opening person so it's like oh man they're gonna kill cotton and then they do it so it's like oh wow we're really going there absolutely so do would you have liked the movie to have been i mean i know we both love screen three how it is but like the circumstances with the real like with the columbine stuff do you think the movie would have been more gory if it that wasn't going on in like in real life at the time
1: um It's that's such a hard question. And I think like talking about stuff like this gives like the Kevin Williamson like fanboys who just, you know, shit on Scream 3 for a decade more fuel to their fire Um I, you know, I don't judge Scream Three for a lack of blood. I don't judge it for the censorship of the time. For me, what Scream Scream is so much more than blood and gore. Mm-hmm. It is the way that Wes Craven told the story. It's Sidney Prescott. It's Gail Weathers. It's Maureen Prescott. It's the, it's the storyline. It's the arc. It's the way that you know the way that it's written. Like it doesn't have to do with the blood and the gore. So would I change Scream Three? No, I wouldn't. Like what would a what a little bit more blood and violence have done the movie better sure you know i i'm I'm open to it but i would not have been wanted a different storyline um you know or or any big massive changes other than maybe a little bit of extra screen time for sydney in the first half so or the
0: fax machine scene (laughs) (laughs) listen
1: scream 3 (laughs) is my favorite movie of all time it's why i started my show it's it's my everything it's my heart and soul but i do agree the fax machine is weak and um and you know so here's the thing hoodie like I don't hate the fax machine scene. It's a fun scene. But the thing about the fax machine is like the the Kevin Williamson fanboys who hate Scream 3, they would use the fax machine as a, as evidence of, see, this is why Scream 3 sucks because of this scene. It's illogical. So I kind of developed a, like a, a, a wall with the fax machine. Like, you know, it is illogical, but it's still fun. Like it's still of the time. Like I, it's a good scene and I've come a long way with it. So there
0: you go oh yeah it's grown on me i mean because i love screen three i wouldn't change anything about it either but i look at it this way if we would have never had the fax machine machine scene we would have never got the iconic jennifer my lawyer like that
1: absolutely and that's one of the greatest lines in the franchise (laughs) and and here's the thing about the fax machine scene as well not only jennifer um that's a great moment that's a great sequence for her but there's a lot of great Gale and Dewey development in those sequences. Like Gale listening by the window and hearing what Dewey's saying about her, not knowing she's listening. Like that is intense, emotional shit. And like the way that they, the, the way that they reconnect through the explosion at the, at the end uh, and they almost kiss and like, you know, the, the hard feelings are starting to thaw like that's important stuff. So I, I couldn't, you couldn't just take away the whole sequence, you know?
0: Yeah. Cause it brings them back together. Like you said. Absolutely. And then another thing that I love about Scream 3 is that it did the one killer thing very well. Like, they didn't need to have two. Right. Like the other movies do. Or like, three. Oh, t- <laughs> um, yeah. Like, I feel like rom- like having one killer gave so much more room for other things in the movie.
1: Right. Like, Sc- Scream 3 is, like, has so much. And it, it is so dense with the, this massive plot with the backstory and the current storyline with Sab 3 and Sydney's storyline. There's so much going on. And like like you said, it's probably because we have one killer. But also, I can't imagine how much different Sydney's emotional journey would be if there was two killers. You know, Scream 3 lives and dies because Sydney and Roman get that intimacy in the finale. And again, that's why Scream 3 has the best finale. Because it's one-on-one, sibling-on-sibling, and this emotional thing that happens with them.
0: Yeah, I don't... And I, I just still don't understand why people don't like this movie. I just... Like, actually sitting here and watching it and how, like, we've talked about it, it's just, it's, like, overall, to me, a perfect movie. But it could just be because I like the damn movie.
1: Well, some people, like, you know, criticize the comedy. Some people have, have a prejudgment about it. And, like, you're never going to change somebody with a prejudgment. And, like, whenever somebody, whenever something gets a bad reputation... It's really hard to shake off and Scream 3 has gotten a lot better in its reputation over the years. Um it's a lot better to be a Scream 3 fan today than it than it was whenever I was watching these movies for the first time, you know. So, um things could be worse.
0: Yeah, I've definitely seen a lot more people come around to Scream 3 over the year like since Scream 5s came out.
1: And I am so lucky to have people like you. People like Ali and Mark Vieira and Quentin Harrison, and like all these people who rank Scream 3 as their number one. So, um, shout out to all of them
0: <laughs> it, because it's such a good movie coming from starting from the opening to the end, it's just an overall good movie. Yep, I agree. And then now to Scream 4, which I used to rank last, but after Scream 5 and Scream 6 came out. I went and rewatched Scream 4 and like I, me and my wife were watching it the other night and like we caught ourselves quoting things like throughout the movie and we were like laughing and like oh that was good and I was like man maybe I judged this movie too hard because I was I was in high school when the movie came out so I actually got to see that one in theaters and I was I don't know what it was why I didn't like the movie because now that I've watched it since the next two have came out I was like I really like this movie.
1: It's like damn, we didn't know how good we had it. it exactly. Um, I'm sorry, I don't mean to, I don't mean to swear. Um, anyways, it's a you know, A Dollar in the Jar for Ryan, but um <laughs> No, Scream 4, it's like um, you know, it's hard because it the tone is so different from the others, right? So when you have Scream one, two, and three, where you have the same cinematography and score, and Wes's vision and the way that he injects suspense into it, and you have Nev Campbell's grounding performance, um, and the trio, you know, it's it, the first three movies feel so cohesive. Whereas Scream four. It com- it looks completely different. The-, the music is completely different. The comedy is completely different. It's just a different movie, and um that that's hard, you know. But as time has gone on, and after I've seen Scream Six, I've gone back to Scream Four, and I'm like, holy man, like this is really good. Like the West's attention to detail. Um, obviously the social commentary people will say is relevant, and I th- it is. But that's not the most interesting thing about Scream Four. You know, Scream 4, Jill does represent TikTok culture, but she's just a great killer, you know, I, I, you know, even aside, you know, from that. But the thing I love about Scream 4 is the the message that it sends about um, it kills off the whole new cast, aka the remake, and it supplants that with the original and reinforcing that the original is what matters. The, the remake will get its 15 minutes of fame like Jill does, but at the end of the day, the remake will die and the original will live on. So I think that's a beautiful commentary.
0: Yeah, because at that point in time, that's all that was going on was remakes. And then, like, Wes came in and shut it down. Like, yes, you can do a remake, but you can't fuck with the original, to quote Sydney. And then I wanted to bring this up because I don't know if I was hearing that people were saying that on screen five when Tara gets stabbed through the hand. I don't know if it's just the way Radio Silence directed it, but Olivia gets stabbed through the hand first in in the bedroom scene. Like, when I was watching that and I was like... That she just got stabbed in the hand. I rewind, I was like, I didn't realize it happened to her first.
1: It did, and it's it's because Olivia goes through so much in that scene. We forget about just the you know, the hand the hand thing. But Radio Silence also has like a weird obsession with like hand stuff like um and ready or not grace like she's climbing out of a pit and um she puts her hand down and it goes through a nail so they're uh, this is like a a filmmaking thing with them so i mean like you know west did it first but you know radio silence also did it because it's their weird thing you know Mm -hmm. yeah i just
0: i just didn't remember if i was hearing that people were saying that that they did it first i was like no actually screen four did it
1: well you you just summed up like my entire experience with um all every Scream 6 fan who ever existed is this like, oh my God, Scream 6 is so good. And it's like, no, I, you know, they're like, it's so original. No, it's not like it's um yeah. Anyways.
0: And then like the whole like studio interference with Scream 4, like having to cut a lot of the stuff out. I mean, um, some of some of the stuff needed to be cut, but I feel like they should have left
1: like a lot of the Dewey scenes in. You know, I have to say, I disagree with you. I think that I think that the majority of the things should have stayed in. I, you know, of like you know, there's maybe I don't know, like 15 deleted scenes. I would have kept maybe 13 or 14 of them. All the Dewey stuff, absolutely. But there's, a, I would have kept all of the J- Jill and Trevor stuff. I think all that stuff was important to developing her as a killer and as the new Sydney. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, because they would have threw us off even more if those scenes would have been in. Because it would, we would have thought she was the new Sydney. And then for then her to reveal herself as a killer would be like, oh wow! And then I just liked how she almost got away with it because I have this weird thing where I want a killer to get away with it. I know a lot of people don't like that.
1: Yeah, uh, I don't <laughs> like that. Sorry. <laughs> I,
0: no, I know we've. I, I think we've you've either said it on the podcast or it was like one of the zooms. I can't remember.
1: Yeah, no, not 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 for me. I need my girls to win in the end. Sorry.
0: <laughs> All right, let's move on to screen five. So, what is your thoughts on the opening?
1: Um, I really like the opening. I think the opening is really solid. Um, they do, you you can tell, and this is, oh, this is true of the opening and the entire, um, film. I think they put a lot of care into the direction, into the writing, into the acting. Um, it feels very small and contained, but it's effective. They get the job done and they do it. they, They do a really deep human job with it. Um, you know even if it's not as epic and sprawling as what Wes would have done so um i love Jenna Ortega's performance and um i really just adore Scream 5 in general i think it's a a beautiful movie um it's a very drama based movie i think the trio is exceptional i think the Carpenter sisters are exceptional um and i think it's a great requel i think they do all of the characters all of the central characters um justice and um they it is what it needs to be so
0: Yeah, I love Screen Five, especially like my son loves it. Like the phone call in the beginning, the chick from TV is not going to cut it, Tara. Like me and Roy quote that all the time, and it's like, and that was the first movie that first new Screen movie that me and my son were able to watch together. So like Screen Five holds a special place in my heart, even though it's not like the best one, but it's a good movie
1: it's an awesome movie and i i look at scream 5 and i look at scream 6 and i just don't know what happened um in terms of you know actually i do know what happened in with scream 5 you know it was made during the pandemic and they had extra time to really take their time with it and scream 6 was rushed and um they didn't care as much and um i think scream 5 is an amazing movie so it's a beautiful beautiful movie
0: yeah they just rushed into it way too soon mhm and then like Screen five has very a lot of stuff i like especially amber i know a lot of people don't like amber but like like her little things she does throughout the movie just like when ever west is like uh uh all the stuff that you need she's like girlfriend repellent check and then when Liv and chad are talking she's like huh. like there's just the little things that make you that she does it just makes me like her as a killer
1: <laughs> well you know she's very popular among like certain groups um I like her. I think she's fine. I prefer her to Richie. I love how scrappy she is. I love that she kills Dewey. I love that she kills a, one of the heavies of the franchise. Um, and I love her fight with Gail and Sydney in the end. It's the the best part of the movie for me. Um, and I love her chaos. So, um, you know, she's not my favorite killer. But of the radio silence killers, she's probably the best. So.
0: And I think because she had to be the killer that got Judy. Like, I don't see how Richie would have been that one. Because she had to be on the phone with Judy and she's the one that popped out and killed Judy.
1: If you want my honest hot take, I think Amber did all of the killing. Um, I don't I don't think Richie killed anybody. I think that Amber, let's see, she attacked Tara. Um Okay, Richie would have attacked Sam in the hospital. I mm-hmm. think Amber killed um Mocker. Vince. Vince. Uh, um, I think she uh killed judy I, I i a lot of people think that we- um that richie killed west but that doesn't make sense to me i think amber had a beef with Wes. she wouldn't she would have wanted to kill him her- herself
0: yeah and then she struggled like the ghost face that's killing west is kind of like struggling you could and it had to be amber and even the way like when he's falling down like the way she tilts her head and they're like staring at him like because it, it was more personal for her
1: right and like because like Wes had a crush on tara and like the the the, the head cannon is that Tara and Amber were girlfriends or were romantically involved or at least had some kind of unhealthy friendship, um, which you can tell throughout because she's very overbearing with Tara. So there was there was always tension there. So I think I don't think Amber would have let Richie kill him. Um, Richie was Richie was watching YouTube videos eating pizza while Amber was killing all these people. Um, Obviously, she killed you know, she killed the Hickses, she killed Dewey. Um, and the only time Richie was really in the mask was, you know, attacking Mindy and um, attacking Sam, I think. So,
0: yeah, that's the only time I thought it was Richie at all. And then I had some somebody asked, that's like a casual fan had asked me, they're like, I don't think Dewey should have died. I was like, no, he needed to die so Gail can have a, like, her, her story arc can get, like, you know what I'm saying?
1: <laughs> yes. But,
0: and then they failed when Scream 6 came out
1: that that's pretty much it. Like, you know, and I don't think that like, I think the scream five Gale is complete without scream six. You know, I don't think that like we, we we'll be able to watch scream five and be like, Oh my gosh, Gale's storyline is amazing. And Courtney Cox is amazing. And this is perfect. You know, this is a perfect character arc. Um, and like, but Dewey, like, I, I, a lot. There are a lot of fans out there who didn't want him to die and who still regret this. I don't. I think it was the right move to bring Sydney into the story and to have them team up and to give Gale that arc that you're talking about. So, you know, um, I miss him, but you know, sometimes, you know, uh, the best things come out that come out of art. Whenever there's pain, and sometimes you have to do the necessary things. So,
0: yeah, because there would have been. I don't see how Sydney would have came back to Woodsboro if Dewey didn't die. Exactly. Because I don't I, I, don't think she would have came back if Gale would have died, because she wasn't as close to Gale as she was Dewey.
1: And the thing is, there, there's so much more story to tell with Gale. Dewey, he kind of reached his apex. Once he and Gale got divorced and he went on this dark path, I think that they actually give him a really nice um, storyline send-off in Scream 5. Like, they, they let him redeem himself and be the hero, um, you know, and save Sam and Tara. So, you know, uh, I think that it, his death is underrated. So...
0: Yeah, because he, he, like you said, he redeems himself because he helps Sam save her sister because he wasn't able to save his sister.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: And then, like, to go back to Scream 1's finale, I think Scream 5 did it better. Because, like, the whole killer reveal, the way Amber reveals herself, we've never had anything like
1: that. No. And uh, Amber's reveal is, um, you know, it's shocking and fun and just completely unexpected in the moment. So, um you know i i do think like i think like the the chaos of the finale like having sam and gail and sydney all doing different things is just that's what makes that the finale so much fun so and both of the both of the killers kind of say have i think these are like top-notch deaths like they would be in like my top five deaths of anybody in the in the entire franchise
0: yeah because both of them i mean amber dies twice technically and then Richie just gets stabbed. I don't know how many, I think how many times Sam stabs him, like 20-something times. Yeah, 20,
1: I, uh, 21 or 22 times, depending on who and you then, And then
0: he's like, but what about my Indian? And then she just slits his throat.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: And then I've seen things like after that where they were like comparing the, the way Ghostface was killing Judy to the same way that Sam was killing Richie. I was like, yeah, but that doesn't make sense for her to, to be the killer. It doesn't make sense.
1: No, and you know... I don't love what they do with Sam and scream six. I, I love Sam and scream five is Sam in my heart in terms of like being this girl who's misunderstood, who's had a hard life and who's trying to reconnect with her sister and who is upset by her identity and her questioning her identity, but she decides to take her identity and her heritage and use it, use her powers for good. So um, that's who Sam is to me. And I think it's a beautiful story.
0: Yeah, I agree with you on that. Because at first, I was one of the people that like, oh my god, she put the mask on; she's ghost face Because I was that person at first. But now that I've rewatched it many of times, I'm like, I don't think we needed this.
1: No, absolutely not. We're talking about Scream Six, right?
0: Yes, 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 yes.
1: So, I think Sam putting on Billy's robe is one of the <sighs> stupidest decisions ever in a scream movie. It doesn't make any logical sense. It doesn't make character sense, and it's the the movie is endorsing a weird thing like this whole movie she's talking about how good it felt to be a killer and how she enjoyed it and she's fascinated by Billy's robe and like you know even when she's going ham on uh, on Bailey Tara's looking at her like Sam why are you being so weird like it's i I don't know I think it just sends the wrong message about who Sam is and um it doesn't make sense that she would put on the robe and give Bailey what he wanted so
0: yeah and we can get some more to that cuz now we're going to go to Scream 6 so opening scene whenever we watched it the first time, I remember whenever he's like, now I see something red. And then he it doesn't, like, go to title card. And then he rips the mask off and my wife will sit next to me. She's like, um, what's happening? Because, you know, we've never seen something like that. We never got the killer's point of view. And I think that's where Scream 6 dropped the ball for me, too. It's like, they could have let him live longer into the movie, so we got, like, the killer's point of view. But then, like, killed him somewhere in there. Not, like, in the opening as well. Because I do not now that I've watched it, the opening, the, it's one of the I don't like it as much as I did when I first
1: watched it. Yeah, and I think that you bring up a good point. Like so Scream 6 is my least favorite opening, I think it is. I don't the Samara Weaving part is okay, but it's not it's not good at all. And then once Tony kind of takes over, I just think that the opening is a complete bomb. I think he's a terrible actor and the energy of his scene is just a zero and i don't think he's creepy like you know think of like hannibal lecter like you know anthony hopkins as hannibal lecter like he is menacing like he is he's really effective as a creepy guy tony Revolori has none of that and um to do the open that opening effectively i think they really needed a more capable actor but to your point narratively you're right it doesn't it would have been so much more interesting to have him among the friend group you know until like the 30 minute mark and then he gets killed as like the cc C. cooper or the sarah darling person you know
0: yeah because then we would have got more of a killer's view and then once he would have died we're like um he's the killer what what the hell's going on because like i mean we know like in every movie somebody in the friend group is the killer but we don't get to see their point of view and stuff like that so for them to then unmask him at the beginning but then just kill him off right away i was like you could have done so much more
1: yeah absolutely
0: and then, um, like, Gail, like, there's there's certain scenes they could have took out and gave Gail more time because, like, the her chase scene and everything is so good, but, like, the rest, everything else they did with her was not.
1: You know, the the phone call scene is amazing. Um, it, you know It's really well staged. Courtney brings it, you know, A, her A-game. She's magical on screen. Um, but, like, to your point, everything else about Gail is the laziest half ass BS I've ever seen. Like we you she just got she just lost the the love of her life, her best friend, and we barely spend any time with her. We're in New York where she works. You know, she left New York to come to Woodsboro in Scream Five. And we spent more time with her in Woodsboro than we do on her home turf in 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 New York. Like there is such a wasted opportunity. Like I feel like the story was naturally going into the direction to explore something with Gail and they dropped the ball. And in fact Gail solves the mystery of the shrine off screen like we should have seen her solving the mystery like you know it's just it's just bs and i just feel like the filmmakers were trying so hard to make gail as unimportant as possible so that they could prop up the core four and i think that's really really shitty so yeah,
0: and then now that like when you're when you brought up the whole her finding the shine off off screen you could have even done like leaving uh, what's his name as a killer you could have had her go into the shrine, her find it And then we see him, he gets into the Ghostface robe and he's going, like if he was going to go kill her or something, then he gets killed. That would have been a good way to then take him out of the picture. But then also see Gale find the shrine. Exactly. Like I just, there's so many things they just totally drop the ball on and it just, it's frustrating because like me, when we see Ghostface with the age mask, he's just so menacing in this one. But then to have these killers we have, I was like, I was like, ugh. 'Cause like I love Ghostface in this one, like the actual persona of Ghostface, but everything else is just they just failed.
1: Yeah. I, I love the mask. I think it's um I think it's it's aesthetically really awesome. I love how aged it looks. I love how creepy it is. I love that it's a mix up of the formula. But you know, the killers behind the mask are the worst killers in the franchise. That they have the worst motives and you know I think that they mess up Sam's arc. And I think that they undercut Gale. And I think the core four is overrated. Like, I don't think that they are as deep or as human a- as the trio was. And I think it's, you know, it's, I have, a, I have many criticisms and there are so many wasted opportunities with Scream 6, but, um, it is what it is. So.
0: Yeah. Cause like my dad came over the other day and he, cause he hadn't seen Scream 6 and he wanted to watch it. Whenever they reveal who the killer was, like when he, they show who the killers are, he's like, What? Like even my dad, he don't even, he doesn't even remember Scream Four, and like he doesn't watch the movies like I do. And for him to even be like that was the kill, that was that was who was under the mask. For somebody who doesn't watch the movies to even be like that too, I'm like, yeah, they they messed it up.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So
0: because don't get me wrong, Scream Six it's it's a good movie to watch, but when you actually sit there and dissect it, it just no.
1: Here's how I would say it. I would say Scream Six is a good if you're just judging it as a movie, it's a good movie. But as a Scream movie, it's terrible. So I, I it's in no, nowhere near the um, one through five. Like there's a huge gap in quality between the, I, I, in my opinion, the first three and then four and five, and then a huge gap six. So
0: see, like when the movie first came out, because I watched it the night it came out. Then I had took a trip to Dallas and I watched it again that night and I it was that recency bias I was like "Ooh, this one's like above four and five it's so good because I think what got me is like Sam's character arc before the ending is so good like she's so good in this movie Ghostface is so menacing but then like when you actually get to watch it and compare it to the other Scream movies that's when I'm like oh it's not as good as I thought right
1: it's like you know and I think a lot of people are caught up in the recency bias like when you watch Scream 6 it has a really amazing pace um you know the set pieces are fun and um and Melissa is amazing. Her 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 acting is phenomenal. Um but you know it's when you look at it for its merits compared to the other films, you know, people it, it, people will see that I'm right. <laughs> so.
0: Mm-hmm. And then like to bring my dad back up when they give themselves the name the core Forty he's like, "Did they just name themselves?"
1: It's bullshit. Like, what if you the If you ask, if you look at the first four movies, never once are they referred to as the trio. The trio is a name that we, the fandom, gave them. You know, in retrospect, it's not like you know Wes Craven forced a, a nickname on us. Like, you know, I, I it's just you know he let it develop naturally. Like, they didn't become the trio until like the second half of Scream Three. Like, they, th- you know, Sidney Dewey earned that that time whereas the the core four was so desperate to overtake sydney and gail that they named themselves i think it's so distasteful
0: it is and then my dad also said whenever um chad gets stabbed and everything he's like oh and then whenever the uh kirby looks and they're like we have another one and my dad was like oh come on now
1: yeah it's you know and that's the other thing about scream six they didn't not that you have to kill off somebody one of the survivors to, for it to be a good movie, but they completely shirked the responsibility of upping the stakes. And now we have too many killer. We have too many survivors going into the next movie. You know, we have the core four, we have Kirby, we have Gail and Sydney, we have Mark, we have Martha. We have so many, it's too many. And it, they, they shirked the responsibility of killing one of them off to better the story. And um, like the way that they execute the Chad stuff is completely unrealistic. And, it that that never would have happened in the first the the first four movies. So
0: yeah, and then like he was like, whenever terror they're at the ambulance, and he's like, didn't she get stabbed in the back and the stomach? I was like, yeah, and I thought she got shot in the arm too. And I was like, this is not real. Like, I mean, it's a movie; it's not supposed to be extremely realistic. But then like Mindy comes running, and I, my wife was like, but she's on a lot of meds. I was like, I don't think a lot of meds would have been able let to let her run out of the hospital and stuff like that. I was like, it just doesn't make sense.
1: It, it's, it's almost like an alternate reality. Like, and that's the thing, like scream the, the first three and four ish, you know, they were really grounded in reality of like what a stab was, you know, and like how it affected the human body and the, and the characters Um, versus like here, there is just, you know, they just stab and stab and stab it like, all over the place. And they act like these characters, you know, are superhuman. Like I, it's, it's, it's completely illogical. And it makes, it makes, uh, to be honest, it makes me embarrassed like i don't want i would hate for like my boss like other lawyers out there to watch scream six and be like oh this is the shit that ryan has a podcast about how lame is he you know mm-hmm. and see like
0: like the way my dad was judging the movie i'm like and then because when they come over they see all my ghost face stuff i have around the house and stuff and like for him to see to say certain things about scream six i'm like see that i just hate that like a casual viewer even notices these things
1: and it makes me it makes it almost like embarrassed like no the, the rest of the series is not like this we promise you know
0: and then like the whole sam putting the mask on and everything i feel like they shouldn't have did that because like you said she was feeding into the like enjoying killing and stuff so they really wanted to make her be a killer they should have waited for all that to the next movie if you wanted to make her a killer like i feel like you ruined that putting that making her put the robe on and stuff
1: absolutely absolutely i agree 100
0: um so i want to talk about scream 7 but y'all's scream 7
1: (laughs) oh okay
0: so my audience who don't know ryan and uh joey made a script for scream 7 and i'll put a link in um our instagram and stuff so y'all can go listen to it but it's like that script now that the scream 7 is about to come out i hope it's exactly like the script because that script is so good like it to me that fits in with the original trilogy like the way he brings Sydney and them back, the story arc of of Sam, how she at the end of the, I don't want to spoil that for anybody who hasn't listened to it because I want y'all to listen to that for the first time because it's so good.
1: So my podcast is Scream with Ryan C Showers, and it's episode one twelve. Uh, my friend Joey, he's a professional writer. He wrote a full script for Scream Seven, and I read the script out loud from beginning to end. So it's like listening to a new Scream movie. Um, so uh, listen to it. It's it's really worth it. Like I um. I adore it. It was my passion project of the summer. Um, And yeah, I hope, you know, we integrate Sydney and Gail in a way that, that they should be integrated in the new, in the real scream seven. And we take a lot of, we take a, we we take some big risks um, in the storytelling, which I think needed to, it's the truth of the story. So um, thank you, hoodie for your compliment and for plugging my, my script.
0: Oh, you're welcome. Like the stuff that happens with certain characters is just, it needed to happen. And just like, I, I think I've told you that I was at work listening to it and what happens towards the end with one of the characters, like I got choked up at work. I was like, oh my God,
1: no. Ah, uh, well, it's, um, yeah, I, I, I agree.
0: <laughs> yeah, because see, my ranking, if we're going to do rankings now, All my right. ranking is three, one, two, four, five, six. And see, four has now moved up to my third place because it used to be, well, second, fourth place, because it used to be last. But now that I've re-watched it a lot, I'm like, okay, I really do like this movie.
1: Yeah. Well, um so my ranking would be it's three, one, two, four, five, um, big gap six. So pretty much the same ranking. Yes, very yes. Two and four, right.
0: Yeah. So besides y'all's script for Scream Seven, what are some things you wanna see in the actual Scream Seven when it comes out?
1: Well, um I wanna see Sydney and Gail back in very important roles like i want them to have um besides sam i want them to each have the i want them to be like if sam is the most important character if she, sam is number 1 i want sydney to be 2 and gail to be 3 that is if nothing else that's what i want i want to see christina carpenter i want to see um you know a payoff with that i want to see a, a message and i want it to i want it to feel conclusive i want it to, everything to be tied together the way that scream three tied one and two together and um yeah what, what about you
0: I've, like you said i want to see sydney and gail back because i like, see at first i was one of the people who were like we don't need sydney back like her story was done but now that like scream six came out i'm like we need sydney back
1: it's like, <laughs> Scream 6 is like, hold my beer, and we're like, oh shit, like, Sydney, we we were wrong, Nev, give you all the money, you know? Like, come back, I, fr-
0: I don't mean what I said. That's what I want to see, and I think they have to take r- huge risk here, because they dropped the ball in Scream 6, so I feel like, like, major casts are gonna have to die in this one. Yeah. I don't want Gail to die. Mm-hmm. Like, that's one of the cast members I don't want to get killed off.
1: Yeah, I mean, me too, so... <laughs> Well, I mean, that
0: was all I wanted to talk about.
1: Okay. Well, Huddy, uh thank you for having me on your podcast. Like it's so cool to be invited on, you know. I you know, Huddy, I cherish you so much as a friend um and as as a, as a supporter of my show and um again, congratulations on starting your own show and thank you for having me as a guest um for this special Scream episode.
0: Thanks for coming on. I want to have you on more, but special episode for Scream. Like I couldn't ask for a better guest to talk about Scream with.
1: Of course. Of course. So,
0: all right guys i hope you enjoyed this episode of the hoodie talks podcast if you would like to find us on social media you can find the podcast on twitter at hoodie talks pod that's hoodie with two eyes on instagram you can find us at hoodie talks podcast and that's hoodie with two eyes if you want to find me on twitter it's hoodie 23 hoodie with two eyes and on instagram it's hoodie 23 with an underscore and also hoodie has two eyes um, the podcast logo is made by GFX Anna 0 on Twitter, and I'll catch you on the next one.